Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. We are the Musty Collective, creatives on a journey to better storytelling. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty in here. 2021 is almost over. Dang. 2022 is almost here. Dang. We're about to give you the second to the last episode in 2021. Double dang. Double, double. (laughs) Today we are obviously talking about Encanto. So let's get ready to enter into Colombia. Let's start the show. Studios in Canto tells the tale of an extraordinary family, the Madrigals. <laughs> they rolled the R too much on that one. Yeah. That <laughs> was ma- ma- Madrigals. Madrigals. Ma- ma- madrigals? Madrigals. Madrigals. Ma- madrigals. Who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a magical house in a vibrant town in a wondrous, charmed place called Encanto. The magic of the Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift from super strength to the power to heal every child except one, Maribel, voiced by Stephanie Beatrice. But when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is in danger, Maribel decides that she, the only ordinary Madrigal, might just be her exceptional family's last hope. Yeah, the the way you said it right there, Madrigal. That that's mm-hmm. that's good. Mirabel. I think I'm overthinking it. Yeah, we I think we both were. Mm-hmm. Just I think we just said Madrigal. Okay. There you go. See? See? <laughs> Mirabel. It, it it is different. They're different names, but that's <laughs> part of the charm of this movie. It's you know, getting our predetermined names mm-hmm. into being more open to yes. different types of names. Yes. So the film was released on November 24th of this year, and the film features songs by Emmy, Grammy, and Tony Award winner Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, joy. (laughs) And it was directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush and co-directed by Sharice Castro-Smith. And it was also produced by Clark Spencer and Yvette Marino. Bush and Castro Smith are also screenwriters on the film. Yeah, so this film came out right before Thanksgiving. Right? It was like the day before, the Wednesday yeah. of Thanksgiving week. And I wasn't planning on seeing it for Thanksgiving week. Uh, Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people were. It was like the Thanksgiving film for everyone to go see. I saw, though, on Friday, Ghostbusters Afterlife instead. Because I was kind of worried about this film. Because I got texts and messages from people about, oh, this film is not great. Really? So I was kind of worried, yeah. So I was I was kind of worried, but then we decided, let's go watch it on Sunday. 
on Thanksgiving weekend, and we both enjoyed it, right? We yeah. had a, a great time watching it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Music was good. I think Michelle teared up. You teared Multiple up for... Multiple times. You teared up for the, the prequel <laughs> cartoon or animation. The, yeah, the short film the at short the film. beginning made me cry. Yeah. And then... I think I was already just emotional that day, but then, like, whatever the stories were, I was just, like, weeping and trying not to, like, sniffle too hard because we were sitting right next to another couple. So I was like, I don't want to, like, <laughs> ruin their experience by oh, me no, crying. it's fine. It's fine. And then, yeah, but then for the movie, too, like, you were mm-hmm. tearing up. I could have teared up. Yeah. It was, <sighs> it was a really good film. It was. And I, I really, looking at, who helped to make this film, like the directors, Byron and Jared, seen them multiple times, obviously for Zootopia, loves Zootopia. Yeah. It's one of the best films Disney has ever made. Mm-hmm. And they, they brought in Sharice Castro-Smith. Uh, I I would say, I would think that they brought her in to kind of help with understand, like writing from like a cultural perspective. Yeah. Also, obviously, Lin-Manuel as well to help with that mm-hmm. as well. So I think that's cool. I, I, I hope that she gets more work because I think she did a great job as far as writing this the script for this film is, is concerned. Mm-hmm. It was better than I expected. Same. Cause you t- I guess because you were getting texts from people. And so I, um, you said, go in with the lowest expectations. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> but um, it actually, it hit on some heartstrings. I was not expecting it to hit. Yeah, seriously. And it was, it was really good. I liked it. Yeah. No, same. Disney did a wonderful job. I'm so glad this film got released. And the theme, the message of this film, which we'll get into later, it was just very heartwarming, wonderful experience. Yeah. Yeah. So in the breakdown of the characters, we obviously have Mirabelle and Abuela and Luisa and Isabel and Bruno. Um, but, you know, give some love to Antonio and uh, Tia Pepe. And all... That was a Tia Pepe? Yeah, she was the lady with the weather breakdown. Oh. Right, like she controlled the weather with her mood. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of family members. Yes. We, we're not going to go into all of them. But I really enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Uh, I thought her Mirabelle's parents were really great, very mm-hmm. supportive. Her mother like would bake food, and if you ate it, you'd be healed. That was pretty cool. Yeah, her dad didn't have any powers, but he was just—he was awesome. <laughs> he was a good dad. Yeah. So with Mirabelle, uh, played by Stephanie Beatrice, which is still weird for me to like wrap my head around <laughs> because I only know Stephanie Beatrice as you know Detective Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's, like, tough and gritty. She's mm-hmm. scary and very intimidating. But she's, like, singing songs. She sounds all, like, bright and vibrant and stuff. And, yeah. Like, and like Mirabelle, completely opposite of yeah, Rosa. Yeah. Mirabelle's, like, a optimist, which mm-hmm. is complete, yeah, completely opposite of, of Rosa. I keep mm-hmm. wanting to say Rosa Parks, but obviously not Rosa <laughs> Parks. But, yeah, so that was, that was pretty crazy. And, obviously, Mirabelle is the protagonist of the story. Mm-hmm. Her main problem is that she's the only child in the Maldrigo family that does not have a gift. 
Uh, she's insecure about herself, struggles with feelings of worthlessness, and doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And this was the character that pretty much everyone's going to be drawn to. Yes. She does a great job of carrying the film, moving the plot forward. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like anything was, was, you know, she received too much help, where she was kind of a helpless protagonist. Yeah. She was very forward, very direct, knew exactly what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And to me, the plot was great because I knew what needed to be done. The goal yeah. of the film was excellent and well and, and very clearly written. Mm-hmm. I think the way, like what you're saying, she knew what she needed to do. She even knew what she needed to do before she knew how to do it. But she, because there's, so? there's this one statement where she's like getting all ready and she's like, I'm going to save the candle. And she's like, I don't even know like how to save the candle. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. It's like literally like, she's like super like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to save the family. And like, she knew exactly what she wanted. Yeah. Then we have Louisa played uh, or voiced by Jessica Darrow. Louisa, honestly, in the marketing, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was obviously marketed as the strong character, but yeah. I thought it was going to be like a very simple plot device yeah. where she just lifts stuff for the sake of lifting stuff. Mm-hmm. But her character, along with Mirabelle's, is probably my two favorites and the ones I was emotionally drawn to the most. Uh, she, in her song, we'll get into the songs later because the songs are actually really good. Mm-hmm. This was like... This is what I want from Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> and we'll get into the songs later. But uh, Luisa was the one who bears everyone's load. Um, expected to be strong 100% of the time. No thought from others as to how this role is affecting her. Because Mirabelle, uh, Luisa, her sister Isabel, they're still teenagers. They're mm-hmm. still very young people. And also her cousins and her and her little uh, baby cousin, Antonio... Yeah. Like, they're just kids, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pressure, and we'll get into this. Uh, then we have Isabel, uh, voiced by Diane Guerrero, the perfect daughter. She was very annoying, <laughs> and but I totally got her character, and they had a really great song for her to explain herself a little yeah. bit more. But if I was Mirabelle, I might have punched her in the face. <laughs> Expected to make all of the right decisions, to never appear angry or upset, always sweet and kind. And I'll be honest, like, I know the family's like, oh... Isabel's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Her power was making flowers, y'all. <laughs> that was it. Like, it wasn't even she could even make, like, fruit flowers or something where, like, she could actually feed people. It was just flowers. Just flowers. Now, obviously, if she did, like, some cool Gara stuff from Naruto, then mm-hmm. she could control, like, a wave of flowers to use them as an attack. Then her power was cool, but she didn't really do that. Yeah. So she was... I would rather be Mirabelle with no power... Than to be Isabel with the power to make flowers. I'm sorry. What? Yes, I thought that was totally lame. That and the is fact not that she, lame. Yeah, and the fact that she was like, "I'm so pretty and so awesome." You literally just make flowers. That's all you do. But you can make money as a florist. You can decorate. That's the extent. She is worse than Aquaman. You can create. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can create flower beds like if you're falling to your death maybe you could create a bed of flowers and land in that and yeah of i mean dying. you you definitely could but again it's just i felt like they could have been a little more creative with her ability or given her something else but i think they weren't 
Well, they couldn't be because of the way her character was, which she's the perfect daughter, and she's supposed to be, like, 100% good all the time. Well, yeah, but since she was, like, that princess-type character, right? And I actually thought that was cool because, again, most of the princesses in the Disney world are, like, white European women. So I thought she was really well-drawn for, like, I would like to see her in a princess-like movie. Because mm-hmm. she didn't get her man, spoiler alert, she didn't get her man in this movie. <laughs> so maybe like in the next movie, she would get her man. Yeah. Right? I would like to see her have like, instead, you know, if what I would have done is given her the power to talk to animals mm-hmm. like a Snow White. Right? Instead of Antonio. Even though I, I, love, I love Antonio with that power. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that if she's going to be the princess, then let's give her the typical princess power, which is I can speak to the animals of the land. They had my back. Yeah. I think that would have been more acceptable. But flower power. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. We'll, we'll, we can come back to it, but let's keep moving on. And then Bruno, uh, John Leguizamo. <laughs> John Leguizamo. Uh, the one who always tells the truth through visions, but is shunned for it. I, that was interesting, too. Because I thought, I thought he was going to be like when they set him up, like, uh-huh. we don't talk about Bruno. Uh-huh. Like when they when they showed that part. I was like, oh, so he's going to be like this big bad dude, like yeah. like a Jafar kind of character. Yeah. But they actually, they flipped it out on us, and that was really well done. People want to know, but when they find out, they blame it on him. That was an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all asked him. Like, yeah. he's like, I don't want to do Visions. Yeah. And like, y'all asked him, and then you're mad at him. Like, nah, I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, then why'd you ask me? <laughs> that is like the most annoying thing in the world. Yeah. So in a way, he had like one of the more powerful powers oh most definitely but they they wanted him to have the power but they wanted to see what they wanted to see yeah i think what this film was doing was in a in a very different kind of way because of the happiness to it there they were doing like a subversion of the superhero genre right Mm. because you have all these super powerful people but you but throughout the story you you subvert all that by saying hey, yes, I have this power, but it actually makes me weak in this way. Mm. Or I have this power and it alienates me from my family in this way. Yeah. Or I have this power and it makes me feel like a like a terrible person. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting play on, on that. Because it could have been like more of an Incredibles movie where it's like, all right, we use our powers to fight the, the evil out there. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're, we're actually fighting. We're, the powers that we have are actually causing internal conflict. Yeah. And this needs to be solved in, in our family and we're going to solve it. Mm-hmm. So that was actually really well done. Yeah. Well, I say the last for best. Can't talk about this film without the film's antagonist, <laughs> the abuela character, <laughs> or just abuela, right? Mm-hmm. And little abuelita, and she turned out to be the antagonist. Yeah. Which is crazy because she was the person that we first see an emotional uh, attachment to. Mm-hmm. We see her running from her village because because of. Um, raiders to their village or something like that Mm -hmm. and she sees her husband get killed in front of her eyes with her three babies in her hands her three twins yeah three twins sorry three twins her her triplets (laughs) six babies Ooh, it's been a while since i've been in the booth i gotta (laughs) get my words under me but yeah she's the first person we have an emotional attachment to but she ends up being the mm-hmm. reason, the resistance to 
our protagonist. So yeah. ergo, she is the antagonist of this film. Mm-hmm. She they want exactly the same thing. They want the the magic of the house, the candle, to be good. Yeah. But they're going about it in completely opposite ways. Yeah. So she's like the rock of the family, and she has pressure to keep everyone and everything appearing perfect from the outside because the surrounding city is also depending on her. Yeah. To keep everything safe. Um, so she's under a lot of pressure. Yeah, but she's also the bad person. <laughs> I know, and that, that, that I don't want to say bad person because she's not evil, but she is the antagonist of this of the story. The first one is hiding the brokenness of your family due to wanting to impress others. Dun dun dun! I, Michelle wrote these show notes, so <laughs> she is putting a lot of emotion into this. Like I approve of all these show notes, but you're like really you're like hiding the brokenness of your family due to wanting to impress others. Well, these are just the things that stood out to me. Deeply personal, I can see though. Well. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm just saying, like, that that was, was very interesting. This is a good movie, I feel like, for writers, in my opinion. Yes. Um, so Abuela was so concerned with mm. what the townspeople thought that she neglected the actual cracks in the family home. So it was like a metaphor for her family relationships. And then this pressure caused Bruno to just totally leave. Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of it's it's interesting because but but also a quick thing here to that Bruno leaving part mm-hmm. you see how the narrative was actually like if you look at certain perspectives right the narrative is truly that Bruno left because of the pressure put on him by his mother and yes. the townspeople about the visions he was having but what was the story and narrative that we first found out that Mirabelle was told it was her fault mm-hmm. he left because of her vision he left because she's not magical. Yeah. Right? And so it's I just think it's an interesting thing about it, not just this story, but any story mm-hmm. where your protagonist is believing in one way and they come out believing another way at the yeah. end of the story. And it's all about those narratives that you're playing in your head. Those mm-hmm. lies you're telling yourself, the truths that you think are true but they're actually not they're actually false. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to, to mention that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Because I think if you've grown up in a family, which most people have, mm-hmm. some kind of family, it could be any kind of orientation of whatever, but um, there are stories that your family members tell about other family members. Right. And it kind of, like, as a kid growing up, you would hear stories about, like, uncles or aunts or distant cousins or whatever, whoever it is. And it's whatever that person thinks about that person, they're, like, automatically giving you that perspective or that viewpoint of the person, and you're not seeing the whole story. Like, you could grow up thinking somebody is a bad person just because of what your mom or your dad told you about them, but then when you actually get to know that person, it's like, they're not that bad. Like, I don't get why. Like, it's probably just, like, conflict between the two people, 
but that's that shouldn't shape how you see them because that conflict isn't between you and the person it's between that person and your parent or whatever whoever told you the story so yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting that's that's deep that's deep and that's that's why i think this film out of all the films disney has shown this year this is probably one of their most important films hmm. in this this year maybe in the past two years obviously besides soul and and raya really had a great point about trust and bringing people together that don't like each other yeah but i really like this film because as we get into the holidays we're spending more time with our family members mm-hmm. and there is that feeling of oh i'm spending more time with my family <laughs> rather hang out with my friends but this film reminds us that it's really important to have those trustworthy honest relationships with family members mm-hmm. so no great great point great point yeah so the, the next universal theme is letting go of the unrealistic expectations you have of your family members and accepting them for who they are. Abuela had to learn that she didn't have the perfect family. You want to speak more to this, Michelle, or was that it? Um, I mean, there's a... <laughs> grow, growing up, again, like from childhood, they say that you're... Your first representation of, like, a godlike figure in your family is your parents. Because they're feeding you, they're giving you everything you need. And so, when you get older, um, like, I was, like, in my 20s when I started seeing the faults in my parents. Like, you know there's something wrong, but you kind of sugarcoat it in your head of, like, well, these are my parents and I love them and... It's it, you kind of like don't see the full picture, but then when you become an adult, you you see all the flaws, and you you start to re- like especially when you're trying to learn about your own mistakes and your own um, problems. It really helps you to see the problems in other people too, and so I feel like that um, really gives you an interesting perspective and it helps you to see like these people aren't perfect they're doing the best that they can with the skills that they've learned so far and I can't expect them to be these perfect people because I'm not perfect and how can I expect that out of someone else if I'm not living up to it myself true true and this is something that you see with you know Mirabelle's journey and understanding her family more understanding her purpose within her family, the Madrigals, but also this is Abuela's journey of understanding mm-hmm. that her family isn't perfect, and even if they're not, and we'll get to it in the songs because there's this beautiful moment of, you know, the gift you have is not is not why you're important to me. Yeah. But it's just the fact that you're here mm-hmm. is that's why you're imper- you're That's why you're... you're not perfect for me, but... You have value. You have value. There you go. We have, you have value. Oof. Getting into it. <laughs> okay, so the next theme that I saw was um, sweeping issues under the rug because you don't want to deal with the truth. So most of the family, except for Maribel and Bruno, attempted to keep the cracks in the home a secret because they were too painful to deal with. Mm, mercy. This is like a, it's almost like a uh, therapy session. 
<laughs> going through this is hitting me uh this hit me a little hard <laughs> are you okay yeah no i'm good i'm good keep <laughs> keep going through it but no i mean this is another one of those things of you know what's great about these that you call them universal themes mm-hmm. is that even though this film was voiced in english and disney is uh primarily an english you know western yeah. kind of country but this was obviously a, a film about, you know, Latin culture, uh, you know, and in a South American country, Colombia. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing, though, because all this stuff hits home for pretty much everyone in the world. Yep. And you can you can get something out of it, regardless of your culture mm-hmm. and your background, where you come from you can get something out of it and that was this was another one you know sweet sweeping issues under the little ru- the literal rug yes right the cracks and he's like oh just put the rug over it. everything's fine mm-hmm. let's just have the party let's celebrate antonio mm-hmm. you know you're just essentially you're just crazy mirabelle you're gaslighting you're, mirabelle <laughs> yeah and you're like you're triggered because you know you don't have a gift and antonio has a gift mm-hmm. i mean we'll have to break down more of the plot but Whew, that was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And the last universal theme we're going to talk about is understanding that your value, you kind of touched on this earlier, but understanding that your value comes from you just being you and not because of what you can offer to others. This is a this is a huge one because this is partly what we're dealing with when it comes to mental health mm-hmm. in today's populace, right? Like, what? why am I here? What's the purpose for me being here? Yeah. Is it to provide value, especially, in, again, in a entrepreneurial capitalist kind of way it's like well what you produce does it bring value to others if mm-hmm. it does then you are valuable yeah that's the whole way people market now yeah like you need to provide some kind of value to be noticed and to get a following and yes to get a following yeah. right like even if you're if you just want to be like i just want to be a, a propane i want to sell propane and propane accessories <laughs> right and it's like, well, do you have a, a social media, a Twitter page or an Instagram <laughs> to show off the mm-hmm. what you're doing so people yeah. see your value, right? Mercy. Um, but we, you wrote here that Luisa, Isabel, Antonio, and all the other gifted members felt incredible pressure to perform perfectly while Mirabel felt pressure to be something she wasn't. But our self-worth doesn't come from what we can offer others, which is crazy. And we'll get into this more. But my main problem with Abuela is like, homie, you don't have a gift. Why are you so hard on Mirabelle? Like, like straight up. That is true. You had no gift. You had a door. Mm-hmm. Probably because you're the first one. But you have no gift. Yeah. Besides being the mama. Mm-hmm. That's it. So chillax. Yeah. This is crazy. Oof. Oof. Getting, getting, you okay? Getting personal for me in here. It kind of hits to the core of who we are as people. Because we all want to be wanted. We all want to be liked. We all want to be loved and feel safe and protected by the people we love. And it's really hard when you when you will inevitably encounter conflicts in your family. Which is like the... Sort of like your... That's the place where you're supposed to feel safe and you're you're supposed to feel all these good positive things and then when something negative happens 
it's really traumatizing sometimes because you're expecting safety and you don't get it sometimes. And so just seeing the story play out of how this house that was so beautiful is falling apart and people are just trying to ignore it and act like it's not happening. Mm, Yeah. That was like, I think that was one of the things that was making me cry because there's like, there have been times in our family where it's like, there wasn't any communication about the negative things that were happening. Yeah. And then it created a sense of like not being able to talk about the negative things and therefore not being able to fix the negative things. Yes. And so it's like, how do you deal with that when the abuela of the family, the person that's supposed to be taking care of everybody is choosing to ignore the things that are wrong? Like, how do you... How do you show that, like, it's actually good to talk about these things, even if it is hard and uncomfortable and it might cause some pain? Like, we need to talk about this stuff. True, true. And I I snapped to it. A good amen, sister. (laughs) Michelle's preaching in in the studio today. But this is the other thing that's interesting, too, is, is, you know, in families like like any family, you know who has the, the, the social equity. Mm-hmm. to make a stand and say, this is what we're going to do, or we are going to talk about this. Yeah. Like a classic example is if you think of dynamics of an interesting family, the family of, of the office, right? The office members. Mm-hmm. Who, in your opinion, had the most equity in the office? Michael Scott? No. Wait, I'm Jim. confused. Jim. Oh, Jim, Jim. Jim yeah, had yeah. the most equity, right? Because everyone likes him. He's, he's yeah. decently good looking. The women are favored to him. The men are favored Relationally, to him. Relationally, not Relationally. By right. Usually, it's, it's usually it's not always like the person who's in charge has the most equity. Mm-hmm. Michael Scott was actually pretty low. He just forced it because he was <laughs> the quote-unquote boss. Yes. Right? But who was another person who had very low equity in the sense that if they needed to do something, like they needed the group to do something, mm-hmm. would they actually listen to them? Dwight. Dwight. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he... Was trying to like get equity all the time. Yeah. Trying to get power to make people. So that's why he wanted to be the assistant to the regional, the assistant to the assistant of the regional manager, all that, <laughs> right? So I think another power dynamic here that's interesting is, and, and they they do such a great job mm-hmm. when Mirabel finally, you know, she has she's had enough and she stands up to Abuela. Yeah. In front of everybody, right? Where she's like, I'm tired of you know being the one who doesn't have any social equity here mm-hmm. i think there's a problem here i need y'all my family to listen to me yeah and let's deal with this issue mm-hmm. where abuela who has the most social equity the most power in a family is like continuously trying to shut her down yeah right and i for me personally in like you know um seeing myself in mirabelle in that situation it's mm-hmm. like so frustrating because you can feel so powerless when it's not because you are not strong, you are not smart, but it's just like because of the power dynamics that are in the family, mm-hmm. people are not going to listen to you. Yeah. Right? And so this is where, and obviously they didn't do this, but it would have been great, you know, if the Luisas or the Isabels of the family would say, hey, you know what? Let's listen to the, to, to the Mirabels of the family. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to, to yeah. chime in on that.
protagonist is Maribel, and the movie is mostly focused on her, but I think there's a really important storyline that happens, and that's for Bruno's character. Um, so Bruno was the most truthful out of all the family members, but when he told others things that they didn't want to hear, they made him feel like he was an outcast, perpetuating the facade of the perfect family even more. Mm, mercy. Ugh. <laughs> and he didn't actually do anything wrong. Like, he loved his family. Yeah. And he wanted to be near them. That was so sad when that he's was... behind the wall and he had his own little plate, like, to drawn sit, on the table. To sit down with the family when they all sat down. That's so to sad. For dinner. He even doing that for, what? Years, Like, a decade. Yeah. That is sad. Because Maribel was, like, what, five when... Yeah, I think five, like five that? or six when she tried to get her gift. Oh, so sad. Yeah. And then they didn't even try to look for him, I don't think. It, that's what it seems like. Maybe they did, but if they... If they did, they would have found him in his own room. Or in the no, walls. No, no, he, he was in the walls, not in the room. Yeah, yeah. But it, I don't know. But then he ends up, like, giving up his gift, and he... But also the way his family talked about him afterwards, that's yeah. what really hurts. Yeah. Like, if I was Bruno, I would have definitely come back to my family at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I'd been like, yo, like, I heard everything you said about me. <laughs> Like I heard the junk you talked about. Yeah. Don't we don't talk about Bruno? Like so you don't talk about your only son, mm-hmm. mother? Dang. Your only brother, sisters? Mhm. What's good with that? Dang. What just cuz I told the truth? Mhm. Y'all some haters. Yeah. We family. But y'all some haters. Mhm. Sprinkle that hate on you. Don't sprinkle it on me. Yep. And I think like <laughs> that scene where I mean, they made it comical, but there was, like, a scene where he's trying to um, cover up the cracks. Yeah. And he's using, like, the plaster and stuff that he had, and he's doing his best, but it's, like, a mediocre job, because you can't really, again, you can't fix the problem if you're getting pushed to the outside of it. Well, also, at the same time, it's interesting, too, because he was trying to fix what was wrong with the family. Mm-hmm. Right? And this whole time, they thought he was just off somewhere breaking up the family. Yeah. Or um, I think as Abuela said it, he was there. He he hated the family. Mm-hmm. And again, that just those storylines. Yeah. Right? Like, he's like, no, I love the family. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be a bother to them anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm not wanted. My mm-hmm. gift is not wanted. I'm not wanted. Yeah. Because I'm only valuable because if my gift is useful, mm-hmm. I don't feel like my gift is useful. So I'm not useful. So I'm not valuable. So I'm not wanted. Yeah. So I leave. Mm-hmm. And then the story that's been told is, no, uh, he hates the family. He's 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 a jerk. Mm-hmm. Right. And even the mom's like, oh, I just don't want you to have a, a Bruno moment. I don't want you to get lost like he did. Mm-hmm. It's like, man. Dang. Woo! She was the one that was lost. And then another important point was to just don't push people away from you just because you don't like what they have to say. So mm, when mercy. somebody tells you the truth, do introspection and see if they are being truthful. But, we, I mean, there but are... it doesn't mean you should just go around like truth bomb, truth bomb, truth no, bomb. No, I'm not saying Say the truth that. in love. We should say the truth in love, right? Because obviously, like every example, it, well, he never just did truth bombs. Like he was, they always asked him and then he replied so it's like, oh, what do you think about this? I want to do this in the future. What do you think about this? And then he would, like, give them his answer, and then they didn't like it. So just because somebody might be saying uncomfortable things, it doesn't mean that they're out to get you. 
they could just be trying to help you and tell you like what is actually going on and you need to have enough introspection to understand that it's not it's not personal in the sense of they're attacking you they're telling you the truth because they want you to improve and that's and that's the thing too the way i look at how his visions were they it doesn't mean like once he said something was going to happen it always had to happen mm-hmm. like the one guy was like oh he's still gonna end up fat it's like well you know maybe if you didn't eat so many uh casitas or whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh the, you you wouldn't have gotten the way you were mm-hmm. so it's like the same thing when you tell people in a loving way um if it's necessary yeah. and if they actually ask you when you tell them the truth or your honest opinion about where they're going in life or what's going on in their life, it, it doesn't mean it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. If you if you're not too far gone, yeah, you can change it. Yeah. And the way you can change it is by knowing what the truth could be. True, true, true. Where did the magic candle come from? Are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> uh, it came from heaven. <laughs> That's all I can see. Heaven. It came from the sky. That's all I can see. Because they didn't really like... I don't know. It's like very mysterious. Like there was not much explanation. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I didn't I didn't need an explanation. Because mm-hmm. I'm like... I just have questions. Like why did it save Abuela? And what caused the candle to lose its power? Why was the candle there in the first place? What does it represent? Mm. Why don't more people have casita candles? Yeah. Well, that's all we have for that. (laughs) I don't have any deeper theme for for it. I think it was a great plot device. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't go overboard. It didn't make... It didn't do like, oh, super powerful house, going to destroy the world or something like that. Or, you know, and their powers were measured. They weren't... Except for Louisa. Louisa was just, like, super strong. Yeah. But, you know, besides her, I mean, the house gave Isabel flower power. So <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't too crazy. Uh, it was it was fine. From mm-hmm. a writing perspective, I thought it was well well used. And, like, there was some mystery to it. But I think it was good yeah. that it had mystery. Mm-hmm. I think the the it was an awesome animated scene where she screams out because of her husband dying. And then... You know, the candle becomes the candle. Yeah. And the whole area gets closed off from the outside world. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's vague enough to where no matter what background you have, you can kind of associate it to maybe your faith, whatever it might be. Possibly. Possibly. Because it's not like super specific. That's true. But they kept calling it like a miracle and a blessing. That's true. So That's true. I'm thinking it's language. like some kind of faith type thing they were using there. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's let's talk about the music, the musica, because <laughs> this again, this is really good. Lin Manuel right here. This is this is almost pretty close to Hamilton for me. Mm-hmm. We also watched Vivo this year, and Vivo wasn't bad. It was just it was good. Mm-hmm. It, the songs the songs were much better here in Uncanto, and I don't I don't know what to attribute that to, but I just really enjoyed the soundtrack. Yeah, I've listened to it a lot of times. So I want to talk about a couple of songs here, and by a couple I mean all of them. Not just playing, <laughs> but the first song I want to get into is Surface Pressure, and that song was sung. 
by Jessica Darrow. And it was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through a little bit of it here. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. Okay, when that, fir- when that, first, when that first lyric hit, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be whack. <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be a song about how strong she is. Yes, yes. I was like, this is this is not gonna be good. <laughs> and I I was like, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so we go a little further. Tightrope walker in a three ring circus under the surface was Hercules ever like yo on a lot of white Cerberus under the surface. Right before she gets to like the the main the main part, she says, "Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be a service." And I was like, "Oh, Louisa, you you're in pain, girl. Who hurt you?" <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I, "I love this song now." Mm-hmm. Like, and um, just as a flaw or a crack, the straw in the stack, what that breaks the camel's back, what breaks the camel's back, and then it has this dope chorus. Yeah, and as you can tell, I, I'm really enjoy, I really love this. Like this is this is some really good lyrics. Mm-hmm. And and the music to go with it, whoo, Chef's Kiss. <laughs> and you know, I won't go through the whole song, but it's pressure like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Pressure that'll tip, tip, tip till you just go pop. Whoa, whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> and then this part is like, give it to your sister. Your sister is older. Give her all the heavy things we can't shoulder. Who am I if I can't run with the ball? And I was just like, bam, right there. As an older brother, I'm not an older sister, obviously, but as an older brother, <laughs> I totally felt that. Mm-hmm. Totally felt that. Yeah. Uh, as a person who does a good amount of volunteer work as well, uh, with leadership responsibilities, I was like, man, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Oof. What about, was there anything for you? I, I could keep going on, but what about for you, Michelle? I mean, for me, I've also felt the pressure to just be the strong one, like emotionally at times in my family. Yeah. And it is really hard and it it i like i was kind of relating to it in that way like just feeling like you're gonna cave in at some point because you're just under so much pressure from your family and they don't even like recognize it but when it's happening it's like you feel like you're drowning it's yeah crazy yeah no for real for real like like you're drowning mercy Oof. <laughs> This this is this is therapy, right? Here. <laughs> also, I I have to say that this is probably the most awesome animated music video for this film, and most awesome animated music video. Well, I mean, it definitely like wasn't there was there any songs for Raya? There wasn't, right? Mm, not really. Not like this. I don't think. Yeah, this is this is really on par with Frozen. In my opinion, because it's not just one song. It's like multiple really good songs. And I love Frozen 2 and the songs for Elsa. Um, 
I'm not a hater on this. So you can go back and listen to our, our episode of, that we, we did talk about Frozen 2 in an interview with somebody. Mm-hmm. So I'm not hating, but I just really do think like as we go through these songs, it's like it's like a top list of Disney songs. Wow. In my opinion. But I want to get here to the ending and just play this play this kind of ending here for y'all. And it's just like, man, like you could, she didn't want to talk to Mirabelle in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then once she starts like letting go of like letting people, letting at least Mirabelle know what intense pressure, what emotions she's feeling. Mm-hmm. She kind of just lets it all out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'll just read the rest of the lyrics here. Um, Disney, please don't sue. It's just a really good song. <laughs> but uh, she said pressure like a drip, drip, drip. That'll never stop. Whoa, whoa, pressure dial, tip, tip, tip to you. Just go pop, whoa, whoa. Give it to your sister. It doesn't hurt. And see if she can handle every family burden. So she's speaking for her family, like what they're saying to her. Watch as she buckles and bends but never breaks. No mistakes. Just pressure like a grip, 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 and it won't let go. Whoa. Pressure like a tick, 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 till it's ready to blow. Whoa, oh, oh. And this part, this part, honestly, I could cry on this part right here. Give it to your sister and never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under. Who am I if I don't have what it takes? I was like, yo. <sighs> then Luisa became almost my favorite character right there. Like, <laughs> like for real. Like, I was like, yeah, give it to your sister and never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under. How many times do we do that to people in our lives? Mm-hmm. And then we don't give them a chance to like express how they're feeling. We don't listen to how they're doing, mm-hmm. how they're taking the burdens that we're laying on on them. We just expect people to just handle everything. Yeah. And we call them sensitive or we call them even worse names than that. And we just downplay the emotions that people are feeling mm-hmm. and not understanding that, hey, maybe they are. They have a lot of responsibility. They are going through a lot of stuff or if they're not always joyful and always with a smile. It's like, oh, I guess you're having a bad day, huh? You're, you can't handle it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, come back when you're happy and joyful and ready yeah. to make a smile. It's like, ooh, yeah, dang. I don't know if anyone cares <laughs> no, about I, all this I stuff. No, I understand because, but... like, you go through again. It's with the universal themes. I think in different family dynamics, everyone can relate to this somehow. Yes, because there is a lot of pressure and. Like, what you were saying, like, people just don't really realize that since their emotions are so big and feel overwhelming, they just expect the other person to be totally fine with everything that whatever they're spewing or whatever they're saying. And it's like, you realize that your words are actually affecting me, right? Yes. Like, yes. do you realize that the thing, like, the, the way that you're choosing to act right now is actually causing me to have some issues? <laughs> and, like, yeah. it's it's really crazy. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. 
we could I could keep going on this song. <laughs> there are other songs here. We're not gonna play every single song, but just want to highlight another good one. We don't talk about Bruno. It was again just great backstory filling in for the family members. Got to know a little more about Tia Pepe and her husband and her family about their wedding day and kind of just why. And then the townsfolk even were singing about Bruno. It's like man, everyone hates Bruno. Like. <laughs> you know, you know, I I feel kind of bad for Bruno. Again, written by Lin Manuel Miranda, just really awesome, great job by mm-hmm. him. This is exactly what I want. And I, I, you know, probably someone's gonna make a video that says, "Oh, this is where Lin Manuel Miranda was actually singing, mm-hmm. or talking, or he voiced the character here." But it's perfect. I didn't have to hear his voice, yeah. but his wonderful words <laughs> still touch my heart, and I appreciate I appreciate that so much. Uh, the next song is "What Else Can I Do." Uh, that was sung by Diane, uh, Diane Guerrero and Stephanie Beatrice. It was the Isabel Mirabel song, mm-hmm. and that was cool. Like a, like a, uh, like a sister, a sister bonding kind of song. Mm-hmm. And this was good too because then we understood a little bit more about what was going on. What's going on in the head of Isabel? Is she she just like a. A pretty person who's not really thinking about much, but she actually was. She has a, a big brain, and she was thinking largely about her life and what it's supposed to be and her duty to her family. You know, she was supposed to marry some guy mm-hmm. because of duty to her family. And then we find out that she actually didn't want to marry this guy yeah. at all. And she kind of was tired of making flowers, which is to <laughs> my point, she has a bad power. <laughs> so I, I thought it was a really good song. Again, we're not going to play anything here. It, Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was a really nice song, and I thought it was great to open up that relationship between Mirabel and Isabel, and she, she, you know, Mirabel trying to get a hug from Isabel. Yeah, I think I I related to this song too, um, because in my family, I felt pressure to be the perfect little angel, and if yeah, like I don't know, like if I had negative feelings or something was bad I felt like people didn't take me seriously and they just expect me to be this nice little girl and then even like in other social situations I feel like people they say oh Michelle's so sweet she would never say anything bad and then it puts pressure on me to just like bottle up every negative Thing I have to say because that's who people are expecting me to be yeah and I always tell them if you think I'm this sweet little girl who would never hurt a fly and all this stuff like yeah that's part of who I am but there's this other part that there's a dark side everybody there is a dark side a dark I get side. pissed at things no I, I know I know personally. I get mad and like I I feel like people they people assume that you are a one-trick pony, and your personality is 2D. A one-trick and... one centaur. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, like, the, the, there aren't other dimensions to who you are as a person. Again, they're expecting you to not be anything like they are. Because if you would ask anybody, they're like, yeah, I have a lot of different emotions. This makes me feel bad, and this, like, this makes me angry and stuff. But then when they see other people, it's like you kind of categorize them in your head of like oh this person's the funny person or this person's the angry person or this person you know whatever it is oh yeah 
And then it's like, no, I have all the same feelings that you have. Why just, are you? You just express yeah. them in different ways. Yeah. Or the, the, you not to. I just yeah. want everyone to know there is a dark side to Michelle. Do not cross her. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. And I <laughs> thank you for sharing. Did you feel the anger in my voice? I'm I'm, I'm just gonna stay on your good side for the rest of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, then there's the next song, uh, Dos Oroguitas, uh, which is two Oroguitas, and I just want to play a little bit because the the Spanish, the Spanish singing here is just so magnificent. It is so beautiful, and it it's like transportive. It's very good. Navegando un mundo que cambia y sigue cambiando Dos oruquitas paran el viento Mientras se abraza con sentimiento Siguen creciendo, no saben cuándo Buscar algún rincón, el tiempo sigue cambiando Inseparables son, el tiempo sigue cambiando all right, we gotta start with that. Ay, Oruguitas. <laughs> this is like, woo! Sung by Sebastian Yatra, um, also written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Like, mm. Lin Manuel, you, you, I mean, he, he's probably gonna get an award this year because yeah. this is some good music. This is some, this is some good music. Yep. I'm like, woo! Ay, Oruguitas. Like, I can start tearing up. This is the song that they use in the background when they're telling the story of the family and how they got the Encanto. Mm-hmm. So it's just there's so much emotional weight at this point in the film. Yep. Because this is like uh, Abuela's thinking back about how everything happened after Mirabel kind of, you know, erupted and kind of told her off. Mm-hmm. And the house kind of fell apart. So this is like so much, so much emotional weight. This is definitely, if you're not crying yet, you're crying <laughs> at this part of the song, of, of the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just so powerful. And I, I think I have an English translation here. So it's uh, two oruguitas. I think it oruguitas is like two little birds, I think. Um, but in love and yearning, spend every evening and morning learning. This is obviously talk about the abuela and, and her husband, the mm-hmm. abuelo, uh, to hold each other, their hunger burning, to navigate a world that turns and never stops turning, together in this world that turns and never stops turning. And then, so obviously, like, what happens to they get split up, right? So mm-hmm. it says, I, Uruguitas, don't you hold on too tight. To me, this is a message to the abuelo, abuela, from the abuelo. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's a man singing, and I think it's yeah. the grandfather saying, look, my wife, I love you. Don't hold on too tight in the sense of that pressure of like, because the, the abuela is, is holding on tight to her family because she doesn't want to lose her family and her safe place of safety again like she lost it all those years ago, mm-hmm. right? And she then she lost the love of her life who never never comes back, which I thought they might be hinting at because it kept having like Mirabelle and people looking at his photo, his painting. Yeah. And I was like, is he going to come back? <laughs> like... But like, don't hold, don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, to reunite, 
And I was just like, ooh. So maybe then I'm thinking, who's the two? Is it Mirabelle and Abuelo? Mm-hmm. And Abuela? Maybe like, you know, it's your time to grow to fall yeah, apart to reunite, so. right? Yeah. Oh, and the way that they, <laughs> they sing it, it was just like, oh. <laughs> 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 I, I, so good. Um, Wonders await you just on the other side. Trust they'll be there and start to prepare to prepare the way for tomorrow. I, Uruguitas, don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, to reunite. Yo, I'm just a hot mess right now. <laughs> I'm just a hot mess right now. Michelle's Michelle's feeling it. She's steamy. <laughs> this is like, it was crazy because this is like the crux of the film for me is in, in my upbringing, um, my mom's from Guatemala. So it's like there is a, a little bit of this abuela factor that I'm feeling uh, as like a Mirabelle in my own in my own personal family, and there is there is so much going on in this song where Abuela finally says, "I'm been the problem," and then there's this understanding of like Mirabelle. Obviously, this is the part where this is where young people we have to realize we have to forgive our our parents. We have to forgive the old people in our lives who have who have maybe done us wrong or done the wrong thing. And especially if they can admit to it and say, hey, I'm sorry. And they go through the story. Mirabel realizes, hey, even even though you did mess up for our family right now, but we wouldn't have our family. We wouldn't have the casita. We wouldn't have this magical place um, that we call home without you. And so let's let's reunite. Let's come back together. Let's fix let's fix it together. We can fix this together. And so Whew. I was like, uh, it was an emotional, it was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Michelle, do you, do you want to say something? Or you... She's she is having a moment, and I totally understand. Disney, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> but um, this is this is pretty much leads into the end of the film, and they put together, they do like a montage of the, everyone putting together the house, and the the the, the townsfolk that. Uh, the abuela has been so, uh, my, like so worried about impressing and protecting and providing for the townsfolk come out and say, "Hey, we don't have any powers, but we can come and we can lend a hand and help you." And I thought that was so cool because this movie could have gone in another direction. The the movie could have gone in the direction of, "Hey, we don't have powers and we're we we don't want you ruling over us with powers because we can't trust you." So we're gonna. You know, like Beauty and the Beast, we're gonna come to the castle and burn you down. <laughs> um, but they didn't do that, so the the townsfolk came out and helped. And so this leads into the last real song of the movie. There's there's like, but the but the the album is great. Go and listen to it if you have Apple Music or Spotify, or you just want to go ahead and buy it. It's a great great album. There's like 50 tracks on here, uh, <laughs> but they have the song uh, All of You. And it's sung by uh, a good number of, uh, of people, um, but it's also written by Lin Manuel Miranda. So it, it's a it's a really good song too. So this is how this is how it starts off. Look at this home. We need a new foundation. 
goodbye, you're just fine. Look at this family, glowing constellation. So, again, this is like the weird thing. I need to see video of Stephanie Beatrice in the studio singing these songs because yeah. I still don't believe it's her. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't believe. And I'm not saying, like, she did a great job. Mm -hmm. She's obviously a lot more versatile than I took her for. Yeah. She's a great actress, and I'm so glad she got this moment to shine. But look at this home. It Now this is the home is rebuilt. We need a new foundation. It may seem hopeless, but we'll get by just fine. Or no, this this is they're still kind of building this house, I think. And anyways, but, you know, when your family is broken like this, you do need a new foundation. Mm -hmm. I, and I thought that was really just well-written. And that was, that was really powerful. And then this moment of the song, uh, Abuela sings a, a little small part here. She sings this part. More than just your gift, and I'm sorry I held on. And I just I uh, love this love this so much where she says I'm sorry I held on too tight so obviously going back to the two Oreguitas song just so afraid I lose you too the miracle is not some magic that you've got the miracle is you not some gift just you the miracle is you all of you all of you and so powerful because again so many people myself included I know Michelle has felt this at times that you're only valuable to people because of what you offer to them. Mm -hmm. And even in your family, you may feel that way. But you are valuable, you are loved, you are wanted just because you exist, just because you are who you are. Mm -hmm. And no more, no less. Yep. And that was that was so powerful. <clears throat> Whoo! That was... <laughs> and I'm sorry, I've been saying Tia Pepe, Tepe, Pepe. It's Tia Pepa. <laughs> My... I thought it sounded wrong and yeah. I didn't know why. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, you get to the end of the song. They have a door handle for Mirabelle. Oh, yeah. The door lights up because we realize that she, in my interpretation, the reason why she didn't have a gift is because she was to replace Abuela, who didn't have a gift either, mm -hmm. as the new like up-and-coming leader of the family. Mm -hmm. And her door was a whole freaking house. Yep. So that was really cool. And we didn't talk much about Antonio, but I loved his character. It remind reminded me of like a little kid version of myself. So that was really cool. Yeah. But uh, he, he tells her that we made this one for you. Uh, home sweet home. I like the new foundation. It isn't perfect. Neither are we. That's true. Just one more thing before the celebration. We need a doorknob. We made this one for you. And then she has to like walk down kind of like the aisle and her family's on both sides and they're singing this to her. We see how bright you burn. We see how brave you've been. So bright you burned the candle. She's like, she is the candle of the family. Mm -hmm. They don't need the magic candle. She is a candle yeah. of the family. We see how brave you've been. So she's just as strong as Louisa. Now you see yourself in turn and then you're the real gift kid. Let us in. Mm -hmm. which is amazing because now she because that door is hers and it's the door to the whole freaking house mm -hmm. she's the only one who can let them into the house the oh. person that was cast out because they didn't have a gift quote-unquote gift mm -hmm. 
who was kind of almost banished to a room that was just like a little nursery room. Yeah. She was in the baby's room. Yeah. That's so bad. She, she has now the power to let everyone else in. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a, this is a true test. This is where... Now, if you're looking from a writing perspective, from a third act perspective, where is her third act where she defeats the villain? Right? Mm-hmm. You could say it's when she... She stands up to the to a to the abuela, but that happens kind of in the second act more. Mm-hmm. In the third act, she overcomes her her problem of inadequacy, in forgiveness, mm-hmm. and all these issues she's had. She overcomes it at that point. Yeah, because she could she could walk into that door and shut it, and no one else could get in. <laughs> Right. They could have done this a little bit better by showing how you can't get in unless you have the person there, obviously. Yeah. So that but I that's how I'm interpreting it. If mm-hmm. she had shut them out, she would have won, but she wouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. Right. She wouldn't have overcome her battle with the thing that's bothering her from inside. Yeah. She wouldn't have fully healed. But she let she got in and she let everyone else in. Mm-hmm. And so now the family could truly heal. Yeah. And she uh the, the grandmother at the end sings, open your eyes, abre lo, los ojos, what do you see? And then Mirabel says, I see me, all of me. And it's just... <sighs> <laughs> and that's the end of this film, y'all. So yep. really appreciate y'all. <laughs> really appreciate y'all going through this with us. Ugh. Michelle, where does this movie rank in feature films you've watched in 2021? And where does this movie rank in Walt Disney Animation lore for you? What? I put a big list there. I know, it's such a big question, and I was not prepared to answer. Um, uh, I feel like Encanto... I'm not going to rank all these, but I feel like Encanto right now is on the top just because I feel like it's spoke to me so much. Do you still think that Luca would be your nominee for or the or the the Millers the Millers versus the Machines? The Mitchells. The Mitchells. The, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Do you do you still think the Mitchells versus the Machines or Luca are your would would be your your nominee for best animated film? Yeah. <clears throat> or the winner. Oh, winner. Sorry. Ugh. Ugh. I feel like Luca might win. But for you personally, which one would win for you if you had a vote? Like, you have all the nominees and then you have to vote for which one is uh, the winner. I would like for <clears throat> Encanto to win. Um, Based off of my emotions. <laughs> but, um... I think maybe from a film perspective, Luca might win. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense the way you're categorizing it. But I'm not I'm not sure why you categorize it that way. 
I think there's just like a certain quality to Luca that was very original. Mm. And um the whole the way that it played out and the I I don't know how to really explain it. There's just like this That's fine. like level of quality to the story. But Encanto was definitely more more of the feels for me, I think. Yeah. No, Luca has some great scenes. I mean, the Bruno our uh, Alberto betrayal scene with mm-hmm. Julia. With Julia, thank you. Was great. Julia's like get real kind of like speech to Luca was mm-hmm. really awesome. Obviously, the animation for Luca is just stupendous. Yeah. And amazing. And the ending was super heartwarming with Luca on the train, you know, giving his last goodbye mm-hmm. to Alberto. From a cinematography standpoint, from a pacing standpoint, the film really gets a like a chance to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Canto doesn't really have a lot of breathing moments. Yeah. And it doesn't really slow down too much. It's really like a fast ride, mm-hmm. like from beginning to end. So I definitely hear what you're saying. I'm glad you understand. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. All right, as far as Walt Disney Animation is concerned, you can throw it to me. Yeah, I guess, what are, what, uh, where yeah, would well, it... For, oh. for me... I'm putting it up there as one of the best. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm like, every year it's like something's changing it. But <laughs> but you know what? Like, I, I'll be I'll be real. Like, I might like this even better than Frozen 2, to be quite honest. I definitely like it better than Frozen 2. Yeah. And, I mean, let, okay, I'll be real. <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet is probably still one of their best best. Because, mm-hmm. no, sorry, not Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wreck-It Ralph is one of their best. Yeah. Zootopia, you just Zootopia is just so good. Mm-hmm. It is so well written. Yeah, but obviously the Lion King, you you can't you can't root out the classics. So I I just I just think Encanto is probably like a top at least a top ten mm-hmm. best Walt Disney animated film of all time. Wow. And they and they made sixty of them, so that I I feel like you know it's it's in the top twenty percent. Yeah, of all films for. Disney. Wow. So, that's my personal <clears throat> opinion. I could be wrong. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. introduce a a new a new segment for us and i thought it was interesting to maybe talk to another person obviously it's very fun for michelle and i to go back and forth and to talk about these these films in depth like you're hearing right now we're so glad you're listening but we're we're trying a new segment tell us if you like it or not it's called mama time and it's my mama and she's going to give us her hot takes on a couple of movies that she's been to the theater to go see. So without further ado, here's Mama Time. Hello. Hey, Mama. How you doing? Bien, bien. Bien. Y, y usted? Yo, bien. 
Sí, 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 señorita. Como, como... Señora, señora. Señora, señora. Well, Mama, it's Mama time, and I just wanted to know what movies you have been watching at the theater. Okay, I went to see, um, oh yes, yes, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> did you like it or did you not like it? I love it. You love it? <laughs> Why? Why do you love it, Mom? Because uh, they have the because of the girl, the girl. Oh, and also her uncle. That actor was in the um, Jungle Cruise. Ah, that's right. And I you, like him. You love Jungle Cruise. You, how many times did you watch Jungle Cruise in the theater? About six or eight times, I think. Wow, six or eight times. How many times have you seen Clifford in the theater? Uh, twice. Twice already. So. Any any executives out there in movie land, you know, my mom is funding Hollywood essentially. She's you're putting Hollywood. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're putting Hollywood on your back, mom. Uh, what else have you watched? Have you have you seen Encanto yet? Yes. Yes. Uh, did you like it or did you not like it? I did not like it. Ooh. Okay. Why Why didn't you like Encanto? Uh the music, the dances didn't appeal to me. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like them. It's not like uh, the other musical from Lin, Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, Lin Manuel, yeah. Yeah, he had. Um, he did Hamilton. He did. In the Heights. He the also Hamilton did In the Heights. Yeah. But the main one was In the Heights. And that I love that music, the dances, mm -hmm. everything about it. Well, I think but, In the Heights was focused more on, on Puerto Rico. Not and only the, um, a lot of Cubans, you know, because right. the more like island, is, right? More like island and Hispanic the Dominican culture. Republic, right? The Dominican Republic, yeah. And so, Encanto was focused more on Colombian culture and music. And I didn't like it. I did not like it. Oh wow, that's I didn't interesting. Like that. The magic they used, all that junk, the, like the house, la casita. The casita, yeah. Casita. That wasn't a casita. That was a casota. <laughs> What's Big a casota? House. Oh, yeah. It was a mansion. It wasn't a little, yeah, a little, little house. Yeah, thank you, casita. That was a, a casota. We call it a, uh, una mansión. Too big. <laughs> was, they weren't, they weren't poor enough. No. And the house was enchanted. I didn't like that. Magical. Got you. Well, what, what did you think about the abuela character? I liked uh, that character, yes. Mm -hmm. I did. Okay, cool. Well, awesome. Is there any other I, movies that you uh, wanted yes. to, to talk about? I, yes, The Eternals. Oh, you watched Marvel's Eternals. What did you think? Yes. A lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 uh, so I'm assuming you, didn't, you did not like Marvel's Eternals. No, I didn't. I really didn't. I didn't like the, the monsters. Oh, the deviants, and, yeah. Yeah, the deviants and the eternal try to protect humans, and I didn't like it. It was just a lot of bunch of baloney, you know. Hey, that, that's completely fine. Well, uh, that is Mama Time uh, with my mama, and just a <laughs> reminder for all of you to talk to your mamas today uh, and enjoy that's the conversations right. with the family. All right, Mama, that's I'll talk to you another time. Love you okay, and take care. Bye. Okay, mijo. Bye. Bye. Adios. 
All right, that was great. Did you expect Mama to、uh, say some of those things, Michelle? <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. But such a great、um, episode to start this segment on because it's all about family. This is true. And so, if you want to hear more about Mama Time, maybe we can make those into separate podcast tracks. But <laughs> you know what we can do is we can post it as a separate track as a bonus episode on the Patreon, so you can just hear it、Ooh. separately by itself. So, if you want to hear more about that, let us know. Help us out. Check out Patreon. One dollar a month. Or five dollars a month for our next tier, and that would be very helpful for us. Now, going back to the films that we watched, Michelle, you you saw a short animated film. Well, we both saw it、uh, that previewed before the main feature. And tell us about this film. Yeah, so the short film that they usually play before the major film. What is that? Major. I would say feature. The yeah, that was like major. Does that sound right?、Um, before the feature film,、um, the one that they played this time was a new short directed by Natalie Nurigit. I'm hope I hope I'm saying that right.、Um, but it's called Far from the Tree, and I feel like it was the perfect animated short to play before Encanto, just because of the messaging, and it was very similar. To um,、Encanto. to the film, yeah, to Encanto, and the whole message was pretty much you're not doomed to repeat the mistakes of your parents. You can do things differently, even though yourself, you yourself are still scarred from their parenting. Your child doesn't need to be too. Yeah, and、so、it that, really,、yeah. it really prepped you for Encanto. Yes, it did. Michelle was crying. Those freaking raccoons are making me cry. It was, it was really, really well done. It was so. It was like, it was so simple. No dialogue or anything,、um, but just the way that they showed the relationship between the parents, and the the stark differences between the parenting styles at the very end.、Um, that was just really deep. Yeah. Really deep. Yeah, and yeah, we don't want to spoil too much because you should watch it yourself. But it's one of those films where. Like Piper, I would personally, buy, if it wasn't for Disney Plus, I personally would, would buy it for myself,、mm-hmm. just to watch over and over again. Yeah, it was well animated, well drawn, but it was just, it was just told a beautiful story,、mm-hmm. really, really well told story. Yep. So definitely go check it out and let us know. Did you like Far from the Tree, or did you thought it was kind of like a I Love You kind of short film? <laughs> and you know, because I'm not a big fan of the Love You, a lot of people are out there. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I liked it, but this was way you know this is this、really、was a lot better, way better, way、mm-hmm. better, way better. Great stuff, great stuff. All right, so to close this out, we you know we asked this question: Was the story,、uh, was this a story that kindled love in our hearts, Michelle? The Encanto story, definitely,、uh, definitely gave me、um, introspection and helped me to recognize how broken I am and my family is and made. Me want to love them better. Yeah, but I also think that this gave us some hope because we saw that it's possible through open, honest, and loving dialogue、mm-hmm. for there to be change that is actual, like real change. Yeah, you know, it's not just the house being rebuilt, right, physically,、mm-hmm. but the house being built in in our hearts. Yes. Okay, so that was Encanto. I, that was a pretty long episode. 
very if, long. If you're still here listening to it, let us know. Maybe send us a message on our email or uh, send us a message through Twitter or Instagram. We would love to know who actually finished this and if you enjoyed it. If you know us personally, you can send us a message. If you're on the Discord server, let us know. But we really, really enjoyed this film, as you can tell. Yeah. And we watched it like a week ago, but we still were like thoroughly ready to yes. discuss this film. And we're so glad to have all of you with us. It's the end of 2021, as I mentioned before. So this is our second to last episode. Our last episode of the year is episode 122. Mm-hmm. Episode 122. And we're just really proud of the community and the podcast and we're so glad to interview people and to share those interviews with all of you yeah so we're just going to do a 2021 wrap-up show we have a special guest special guest is called quimby and we're very excited to share this special guest with all of you but you know we're we're still going to talk about stuff we're going to end the year about like you know story themes that are really key for 2021 what is the future of storytelling moving forward? Mm-hmm. And if you also want to find out more about those kind of things, you can sign up for our newsletter where we do talk about every couple of weeks we send out a newsletter to share some thoughts about storytelling, the future of storytelling, what's currently happening in storytelling. Storytelling is powerful. It's the most powerful uh, thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So we are just just really glad and very thankful for all of you yes. for how much you supported us this year and, and also during the pandemic as well. So thank you so much for your support. Thanks for listening to the Musty Creative Podcast. Do you have a story that you want to tell? If you want to be featured as a guest on our show, you can email us at themustycreative at gmail.com. And a big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. If you want to become a financial supporter of our show, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mustycreative and help us make the show the best. Yes, and that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now it's time to shower up. Gives them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.